Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,328. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Guess where I am today? In Dijon, France, with a very special guest by the name of Matthew Tardy. Matthew, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Yeah, I am. And by the way, thank you, Mark. I love your podcast, and I feel very glad to be here. So this is very interesting to find that you're working as uh, Vice President, Managing Director of Constellium, which my longtime listeners will remember that name. I've had two of your colleagues on the show. But you're uh, in the countryside in France, kind of enjoying the good life, great wine, great meals, uh, but working for this big company. Kind of a weird deal, huh? Yeah, no, it's nice. Um, But I have to say, you know, I'm also used to travel a lot uh, since more than 10 years. And in fact, I have a deal with my wife and my daughter, uh, which is basically to have one place where my family is safe, basically not traveling. And this is me who has to suffer. Well, that's a nice way to live a life uh, for sure. Oh, yep. Yeah, very fortunate. I think it's great. And uh, you again, you longtime listeners will remember two past guests from Constellium, Chris Smith, who's the president, and Shelby Edwards. I kind of feel like I'm part of the family now with all you, <laughs> you guys being on the show, and we're going to get your perspective here. But before I introduce you more properly, what's one little thing that most people may not know about you, Matthew? Ah, it's a good question, Mark. Probably that uh, most people do not know that I grew up in a razor poor blue collar family. I started to work when I was 14 as material handler in order to support my family, to pay for my study or my driver license. And um, I have to say, looking at it now, I realize that it has been a unique chance and an opportunity which I can still use today. I believe it does help me to stay humble, uh, to use common sense, and also to not forget from where I come. You know, it's a wonderful story, and uh, I think it's so important for young people to to have some kind of responsibility and job and to contribute and help, uh, maybe at the very least to be able to pay for certain things that they want to have. But I agree with you. I started working very, very young as well. Uh, one of the things I did for a long time was a paper boy, and I'll tell you, okay. you know, it sounds easy, but when you get up at 4.30 every morning, seven days a week, and pedal a bicycle for blocks and blocks and deliver newspapers in the dark, whether it's raining or or snowing or cold or whatever and then you have to go collect and manage the money in hindsight it was kind of a tough deal but it taught me an awful lot about a lot of things so uh there yeah. you go yeah very yeah, cool yeah i love it so let me give you an introduction here matthew tardy is the vice president and managing director of constellium's global automotive structures business he holds a master's degree in finance from dijon university in france so he's kind of back where he went to school now matthew has built up extensive experience in finance and management after joining the company in 2006 and throughout his career at constellium he has held crucial positions in finance including business unit cfo and a vp group controller 
before taking up his current position in the company. Automotive Structures is a tier one supplier of innovative aluminum automotive safety and structural components, supplying automakers all over the world. In his current role, he has full PO responsibility, leading 10 sites in Europe, North America, and China with over 2,300 employees. You sound like a busy guy. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They keep the petrol in the tanks here and maybe a little wine in the glass. So give them a little love and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up but my usage was the same and i never made a claim i didn't even have a ticket so what's with that so i turned to american collectors insurance has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason tired of paying an annual membership fee then it's time to look around and call american collectors insurance i shopped around i asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-224. 9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Matthew, we are back. So I want to dig a little deeper into what you're doing there at Constellium and talk a little bit more about Constellium. But I'm going to back this up a little bit and talk about your career through college and then coming up to where you are now, because this is quite a trek and Constellium is a huge, huge company. Yeah. So how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Constellium is a huge company uh, with more than 100 years experience. As you said, I spent most of my career in finance. Uh, For almost 20 years, I have done all possible jobs, uh, starting as accountant to finish uh, vice president group controller in uh, 2020. And here, I have had two options on my table. Either to pursue my career in finance, 
but still do the same things for the coming 20, 25 years, or to challenge myself and somehow listen to my heart going to manufacturing. And I have to say, I am lucky enough to get both opportunities from the top management of Constellium. And I finally decided to switch to uh, manufacturing. Of course, this has been a challenge because you go from an advisor world to a real actor position. All your decisions have a direct impact, but at the end of the day, I am thankful to have taken the risk to work in a great market and to be surrounded by a fantastic team. You know, this is wonderful. I, a company I used to work for, we had a uh, the lucky opportunity to have a finance guy in the business that was actually there working for the family that I was working with. They had other businesses, but I got to tap him on the shoulder quite often. And we ended up being friends. We'd go to the gym and work out together. And he taught me uh, an entirely different perspective from the finance side that I never had because I was always on the marketing, manufacturing. I uh, was president of the company and running it, but he opened my eyes to some things that really, really helped me move forward. And sometimes for our managers, he was kind of a pain in the neck, you know, because he would hold their feet to the fire from a finance side and say, why are you making it so hard for me to do my business? But of course, that's what business is all about is finance because it's got to make money or it can't exist. Otherwise, it's called a hobby and Constellium is far from a hobby. So when you made this transition in your career path, what were maybe one or two of the biggest things that you kind of went, whoa, this is this is really a different perspective here? It's a good question. First of all, obviously, it has been my first manufacturing experience and uh, all the sales part has been new to me. Uh, so I would say it has been uh, really a big challenge. And the second one is probably I was not expecting that the automotive market is so changing on a, on a daily basis. You know, the true of today will not be the true of tomorrow. And I have to say this is super exciting. Well, no kidding. I, I've never seen a time in our history that I've been alive. I'm not a young guy, but I hope I'm not that old. <laughs> I am kind of old sometimes. And one of the things that is happening, of course, is this massive transition into the world of EV and yep. autonomous cars and all this. However, these vehicles still have to be constructed. And I want you to talk a little bit about Constellium and what your company does and why it's so integral to automotive manufacturing. Yeah, so as you said, I mean, obviously today, uh, the shift of e-mobility is a challenge for everyone. And maybe to explain a little bit to uh, to the audience, with the e-mobility, you have a new car design. You do not have engine anymore, which normally are here to also help absorb, absorbing the energy. So you need to find new safe solution that take over the job of the engine. And here, our team is amazing. It is because we have a lot of innovative solutions. And to give you an idea, as of today, we have more than 100 active automotive patents. Wow. Yeah, which is great. And uh, I love it. And the second topic to me is that the battery enclosure adds an important amount of weight to the vehicle. So lightweighting is a big topic. And here, aluminium makes a difference. This is the perfect material for it because it's lightweight and on top, it's endlessly recyclable. Let's focus a little bit more on your company and exactly what you folks do. Sure. 
So Constellium uh, is a global leader in the development, manufacturing and recycling of aluminium product and solution. Uh, we are working in many different markets, such as aerospace, automotive, obviously, packaging, transport and uh, industry. And on my side, as you said a little bit earlier, I am uh, responsible for our global automotive structure business. It's amazing what you guys do. And if you listeners missed my talks with two of Matthew's colleagues, you can go back to the Cars Yeah website. Uh, Chris Smith, their president, was guest number 2060 back in uh, 2022 and had Shelby Edwards uh, back in February this year. And so um, you can listen to their perspectives. And today, of course, we're enjoying Matthew's perspective. I like to ask people about what I call our driving inspirations, people that have been very supportive, maybe mentors or influential people in your life, in your life that changed your life in some great way. Is there somebody like that in your world? Oh, yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I strongly believe that it is important to meet the right people in your career to be successful. So I feel I have to mention two persons here. The first one is my grandmom. Uh, she was a farmer, has had a tough life, survived to the Second World War, and she helped actively people during this terrible period of, um, of history. I grew up most of my time with her, and she always teach me some principles of life, such as honesty, transparency, loyalty, respect, but also, you know, to use my uh, common sense when I have doubt. And I have to say, I am the man I am, I am today, thanks to her. Wow. And the second one is uh, Paul Wharton. Uh, Paul is my former boss. And he has been the first one to uh, really believe in me and in my potential. He has been instrumental in my success and a game changer in my perception of what I can achieve. You know, to have someone believing in you is key. But to have someone who believes in you and let you know is priceless. And this is why I believe we should never be afraid to be 100% uh, transparent with people. And on top of that, I also learned a lot of uh, key principles of leadership with him, such as team is what matters, bad decision is better than no decision, good idea should take only one page, action is better than dozen words, make sure to answer within 24 hours. And guess what? I still use it every single day. Well, gee, I want to meet Paul. <laughs> he sounds like, <laughs> he sounds like a, a great person to have in, in your life. Oh, wonderful. He's a great guy. He's a Brit, but uh, nobody's perfect. But yeah, he, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a great guy. Definitely. Yeah, it sounds like it. Is your grandmother still with us these days? No, unfortunately, no. No. She passed okay. away um, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Well, what a fortunate thing to have her in your life as well. Um, you know, the way things have changed in the last, I don't know, 50 years, a lot of times we don't get to spend time with our grandparents. And I didn't get to spend much time, if any, with my grandparents. Uh, and I always thought, I wonder how they would have helped change and form my life. So I'm trying to make a big effort. I had my first grandchild uh, almost two years ago. We have a second one coming here in August. So we're trying to find ways that we can really be uh, a better part and more active in helping our grandchildren uh, in the future yeah. without stepping on on the parents' toes, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, this is, I, I would say this is really important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's uh, quite wonderful. We like to talk about challenges here on Cars yeah, because it really isn't so much about the specific challenges, more about the lesson learned. No doubt you faced a challenge or two in your career path or in your life. Could you share one with us that really taught you a valuable lesson? 
Yeah, well, uh, obviously, uh, I got many challenges, but maybe I can refer to my first one. And when I was a kid, my biggest passion has been basketball. Uh, I still remember uh, to wake up in the middle of the night to watch Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I was <laughs> an absolute fan. And on my side, you know, I played as a point guard for almost 12 years at national level. So I was quite good, but probably not good enough to have a successful career. So uh, when I turned 16, I decided to fully stop and to focus at 100% on my study. And since that day, I did not touch a ball nor played any game, simply because it would probably still hurt too much. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, when I think of it today, I still believe it was the right decision. And on top, I also learned there is a lot of similarity between sports and leadership. So it has made me stronger. What are some of those similarities? I would love for you to share those with us. I would say, you know, the main similarity is how to manage challenge and how also to have a great team. To me, this is a difference between a manager and a leader. Uh, the leader understood already that the success of the team is his own success. And you have to be there for the team before asking the team to be there for you. Wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I think for sports is so important for, for children. And I always was encouraged by my parents to be active in sports. I grew up in Southern California where I surfed all the time, which was great. Uh, ran track, played a little football. I was never good enough nor tall enough to play basketball. So it wasn't something that I, I could do very well. But I'm always marveled when I watch basketball players. And especially, I always tell people, if you've never been into basketball, go to a game live. That will yeah. change your perspective. It's the same with car racing. A lot of people, eh, car racing looks boring. Go to a race live and it will change your Definitely. perspective. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I love all those relationships. When you look ahead at uh, bucket list ideas for Constellium, how do you see things in the future changing? Maybe just we won't go too far out because things change so fast here. But you, you mentioned this earlier. The automotive world is rapidly, rapidly changing. Is there something in the future that you would like to see Constellium participate in or do that will really affect not only your business, but the world in automotive? Hi, it's a very difficult question. To yeah, be honest. I'll be um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Put your feet on the fireplace here a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So first of all, I would say that at the moment, the market is very disruptive. EVs are changing the market, but there are also other solutions sorry, uh, popping up, such as hydrogen or e-fuels. So there is uncertainty on the market development and mobility of tomorrow. You know, there is a famous quote saying, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. <laughs> and I have to say, this is absolutely true. So at the end of the day, I would say that no matter how mobility change, it has an impact on the vehicle structure. Uh, with that also on the product portfolio and the requirements we have to meet. For example, if I take EVs, it has a higher weight due to the battery, which lead to higher energy that have to be absorbed in the case of a crash. Uh, therefore, it's super important uh, to collaborate with all OEMs and also, you know, to be active on, uh, on pre-development. So to me, I believe that what matters the most is to be open, to be there to answer the requirement from, uh, from the OEM and to continue focusing on uh, sustainability 
and addressing as well the climate change. You know, this is interesting, and it spurs a thought I just had. We think of automotive manufacturers as having in-house design departments and coming up with the designs, and then it's manufactured and built. I never thought much, but it makes so much sense now, the way you're saying this, that suppliers play an integral role in the design process, especially with the changing market of not only for how the the car is going to operate more efficiently, but also from a safety standard, because we, we see all these, you know, they seem to pop up all the days, EV cars catching on fire, you can't put the fire out and all the problems with that. Yep. So are you guys active a lot with these manufacturers when they're in the early design processes so that everything flows together nicely when it comes to what you're supplying them? Oh, yes. And to give you uh, a small secret, this is the first area where I focus uh, when I started my job, simply because I believe pre-development is a game changer. So yes, we are collaborating with almost all OEM on pre-development, but also partly public granted research project to define basically the mobility of tomorrow. And as you uh, pointed out, this is absolutely critical. Do we, will we see, or do we even see today mostly aluminum in the manufacturing of cars? Is that what most of the components are done for everything from the structural components, the chassis to the body panels? Well, in Constellium, you know, we are working only with aluminum and uh, we believe that aluminum is obviously the material of choice. And why I believe so? Because as we already said, but this is endlessly recyclable. Uh, also, thanks to uh, the lightweight, which is more and more important, but also thanks to high strength, energy absorbing, formable uh, material, corrosion resistance, and the thermally conductive. So aluminum is yeah is a great uh, is a great material for automotive. No, you're, you keep spurring ideas in my mind here, Matthew, and I appreciate that. <laughs> the next thing I think about when I think about aluminum, I think of aluminum as one thing, meaning, okay, it's the stuff that wheels, billet aluminum wheels are made out of, a can of soda pop or something like that, a panel on a vehicle, whatever that might be. When it comes to producing aluminum, are there different kinds of aluminum metals? Yeah, you have different alloy. Uh, and in fact, you know, this is like when you are cooking, uh, you also have different recipes. And uh, we have two uh, technology centers in, uh, in automotive structure, one in the uh, UK and, uh, and one in Germany. And I have to say, you know, I'm working since uh, basically 20 years now in aluminium. Uh, and uh, I still, I'm still surprised time to time on how we are able to find new solutions with the same material. So that's really great. That's ah, wonderful. Very cool. You've educated me more today, and I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Let's talk about you and cars a little bit here, because I like to get into my guest heads a little bit. Is there one special vehicle that you've had in your life that really stands out? And if so, share a story about that ride. Okay, so let me start maybe by saying I am an absolute fan of cars in general and sport car in particular. So I would probably refer to my first new car, uh, it was a basic French car, but it has been the first one brand new. Um, I have had to work three years before having the chance to have it. And I still remember the feeling when I sat in first time. You know, the, the famous smell of new. Yes. And when I think of it, you know, I have the feeling it was yesterday. But, uh, well, unfortunately, it was already 25 years ago. 
25 years ago. So this what was, uh, yeah. what was this first car? <laughs> it was a Peugeot 206. Ah, okay. Yeah. Gosh, it's been that long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. That, that's a little frightening. Well, it kind of makes sense being French and having a Peugeot. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of those cars that we didn't see a lot of them over here. But uh, when they were here, they were all always very different and, you know, very unique and so forth. So uh, a Peugeot 206. Tell me a story about that ride, maybe the first day you drove it or something about that car that really stands out for you. Ah, it's, uh, it's a good one. First of all, I have to say, you know, at that time, internet was not here. We did not have mobile and so on and so forth. So I still remember having all the paper about this car in my in my bedroom and reading reading it every single day and the car has been so successful on the market that between the time i signed the order and the time i have been able to get the car i have had to wait uh, 15 months and i mean my gosh it has been so long so the first time i went uh, to uh, to the car dealer to, to to basically have my car Believe it or not, but I have dr- I drove nonstop for more than ten hours. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> what I a was... way to break in a car, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, but I was so delighted to uh, to have the car, you know, and it was some kind of uh, of ego, you know. It was the first one, so yeah, that's that was really cool. Ah, fantastic! I love it. You know, there was a Peugeot at a car show I attended during Car Week that I'd never seen before. It was a nineteen, I think it was a thirty-eight, mid-thirties called the 402 and okay it was just so different I, i'd never seen one before um so unique and and so beautiful and i'll tell you something um i have a friend who's really in into french cars and uh he just loves them and he's really educated me a lot to the citron mm-hmm. which of course is quite a unique vehicle uh something <laughs> that you just don't see too many of as well and the first time he gave me a ride in that car the best way I always describe it to somebody is riding in an old Citroen is like floating on a cloud. Yeah. The way the yeah. suspension moves and the seats, I mean, the, those are the most cushioned seats I've ever sat on <laughs> in a car. Uh, quite spectacular, but uh, nice memories to be brought up with that uh, 206. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today, and I'm going to crawl into your head. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, though. This is how you perceive yourself, your idiosyncrasies, your personality manifest into a car. What would you be, but more importantly, why? Yeah, well, I love the question. So even if I love sport car, I would probably uh, decide to be an SUV. Okay. Uh, uh, simply because, you know, at the end, SUV is multitask. You have enough space to take care of people. You can go on different roads. You can also drive long distance. So I would say this is quite a good fit with my personality. Okay, that makes sense. You know, I'll have to ask, over in Europe, are SUVs so prolific as they are here? It seems like everything you see on the roads in the U.S., if it's not Mm. a pickup truck, it's an SUV. Yeah, definitely. No, you're right. Uh, I have to say there is now a tendency to have more and more SUVs also in Europe, definitely. They just seem to be everywhere. Uh, my wife and I oh, enjoy yeah, going yeah. for a, ro- a walk every day and even just around our neighborhood. You say, does anybody have a sedan or what happened to all the, <laughs> the wagons? You know, I kind of like wagons yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Well, they're just, they work. They do everything all around. So good fit for who you are. How about a great book? Is there a great book you'd like to share with us? 
Il y a, so let me think about it, probably uh, even two. Um, okay. the, the first one is The Jordan Rule, uh, which is a book about uh, Michael Jordan and about leadership. And the second one uh, that I read recently and I really loved it is No Rules Rules, Netflix and the Culture of Reinvention. And I find both very inspiring from a human standpoint, but also on how leadership can make the difference. Both great books. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yep. I, I just had a guest on a few weeks ago that mentioned No Rules Rules uh, about the net Netflix adventure and so forth. And yeah, you know, we take we kind of take for granted things that we utilize every day now and yep. how they're not really that old. And I remember when Netflix first came out, it was kind of like, what is this? What are they trying to do? Mm. And of course, now yeah. television is radically changed, streaming Definitely. everything. So uh, yeah, that's a great book on how they reinvented television, really, <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. in a grand Agreed. way. Yeah, so, so I'm a bit of an enabler here. I'm a fun enabler. I'm going to enable you to pick any car in the world. I'm going to deliver it to you there in France. You could take it for a drive anywhere you'd like. And the key is you can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? So it will be probably a Formula One. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> I mean, Mark, I am a total fan of Formula One. Uh, I did not miss a Grand Prix since I am four years old. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really an absolute fan. And I would probably um, love to be with Alain Prost. Uh, Alain Prost is a former world champion. Uh, and yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I would love to start to drive the Formula Formula One, you know, so that he can have a good love. <laughs> and then I, I would let him uh, do so to uh, basically unleash the power of the car. That would be really cool. Uh, yeah. Is there a track you'd like to be at? Uh, well, to me, I would love to go one day in uh, Suzuka, uh, which is uh, one of the most a popular track in, a, in the Formula One world. Um, and Suzuka is in Japan. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome track. So no doubt you've watched the series on Netflix since we mentioned Netflix oh, yeah. Drive to Survive. I do. Of course I do. Yeah. I think that was a brilliant move. And that has opened up the, the world of Formula One to, especially here in the U.S., to a lot of people that really never had much interest in the sport. And I think it makes sense because they took you behind the scenes. You got to see the real insides of this thing versus just watching cars go in a circle. Yeah. 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 A lot more fans these days. All right. I'll get to work on that. Now, which Formula One car would you like me to deliver to you? Uh, probably the, the one uh, where uh, Alain Prost has been a world champion for the last time. And it was a Renault One. If I recall well, it was in 1994. All right. I'll get to work. I'm sure I can find one of those. There's a lot of those being sold on the market. That's going to cost me a pretty penny, but um, I want to be there when I see you uh, cruising by down the track at Suzuka uh, with your foot to the floor uh, with that engine howling as they did, especially back in the 90s. Oh, man, those engines sounded so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Put the hair on your arm stand up. You've taken us on a wonderful journey today, Matthew, and I can't thank you enough for spending a little time with me today. Uh, here in the countryside in France. Could you share with us, before you go, a success quote, some words of inspiration for our listeners? Sure. I will reflect to some quotes of uh, Michael Jordan, because mm -hmm. as I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yep. There is no I in team, but there is in win. 
Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. Never say never because limits like fear are often just an illusion. And I have to say, you know, I love to do one because this is a very good summary of what to do to optimize your chance to be successful. And I'm sure you watch it already, but I also love uh, The Last Dance. Uh, you know the story of, uh, of Michael Jordan. Um, and basically, I also have one which I use uh, since a couple of years now with my team, uh, which is one team, one voice, one vision. I love it. Yeah, great quotes by a great guy uh, and a great story of his rise to success and what he did and in everything that he's done. I mean, what an inspiration that guy's been to some of so many. People. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. have to love basketball to be motivated by somebody like Michael Jordan, especially when you know his backstory. So definitely, nicely said. Great quotes. How can people learn more about you and Constellium? Well, you can learn more about Constellium on our website, uh, Constellium.com, and, and on all our social media channels. You just have to search for uh, for Constellium. And of course, you can also reach out to me on uh, on LinkedIn. And last but not least, we are hiring. So uh, I would I would be very, very happy to have members of your audience uh, joining our outstanding team. Absolutely. Uh, this is a great opportunity for uh, young, middle-aged, older even people uh, to contact Constellium and look at the opportunities there. What a great company, great people, a three-peat show now with uh, some of the great people from Constellium. I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today. And I want to do a shout out to Adrian Lenhoff at Busphoria uh, for bringing Matthew to the show today. Adrian, you've hit another one out of the park. Thank you so much. Merci. Merci. <laughs> Matthew, thank you for being so generous today with your time and sharing your experiences. What an inspiration you are. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you. I usually say down the road, but I hope I'll see you at Suzuka in that 94 Honda. <laughs> <laughs> Would love it. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark. It has been my pleasure. Ah, very fun today. Thank you so much. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Carsia are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Carsia. Drive on over to carsia.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!